Hey everyone, and welcome to your daily dose of Healing to Shift, where the goal is to heal our souls and to transform our minds so we can transform our lives. This is truly a self-love journey, and it starts with you. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Healing to Shift podcast with me, Patrice Clay. If you are new here, welcome. I am so glad that you decided decided to stop by and check me out. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. I am so thankful that you guys are writing it out with me. On our last episode, we talked about how we could start mending the pieces of our broken heart back together, and we touched on forgiveness a little bit. Today in our time together, I want to talk to you about the importance of forgiveness, how it can free you from so much of your pain, and seven ways to reach a state of forgiveness. Also, make sure that you stay to the end of this episode because I am going to share a video with you that highlights the the impact of forgiveness. So you you're going to you're not going to want to miss this, all right? Okay, so we're going to start this thing off right, and we're going to start it out with Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 and 15. It says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Now, although I already have a topic for this episode, me being me, I came up with a subtopic because I just thought it was fitting based on some of the things that we are going to discuss about forgiveness. And so the subtopic is they don't deserve it. Okay. All right. So several years ago, when I was recently divorced from my first husband, I had a very close friend that I would vent to just about my feelings, all the things that transpired in that relationship, as well as things that transpired during the divorce and afterwards. And this venting to her went on probably for a little over two months. And what she would do is she would listen to me. She would give me some positive feedback, some encouragement, and she would also joke with me a little bit. But this particular day after this two uh, over two month period of me venting to her, I noticed it didn't go the same way. So I got out my whole spill. I got out all the things that I had told her before, as well as any additional feelings that I had about the matter. And she was quiet. She didn't say anything. So once I got done, I caught my breath. And it was at that point, she says, P you're going to have to forgive him. And in that moment, I snapped because I felt so betrayed by her because this wasn't somebody that just heard about it. It's like you, you're hearing about it, right? She was someone who actually witnessed several of the things that transpired between my first husband and I. And she knows, you know, how I felt about certain things and the effects that those things had on me. So I went in, I was like, 
What I said, what are you talking about? I have to forgive him. I said, you know everything this man has put me through. How could you tell me something like this? And she let me get it all out, okay? And so when I went to catch my breath for the second time, she says, very firm, but softly, she says, P, you're forgiving him for you. It ain't got nothing to do with him. Just pray about it, okay? And I was like, yeah, okay. So we exchanged a few more words. I got off the phone. Now, I was not done with our friendship, but I definitely was pausing our communication for a while because I just couldn't believe what she had told me. And so um, I did not give any consideration to what she said. I didn't because I never thought of forgiving him. I wasn't going to think of forgiving him. I just wasn't. And so a couple of months go by and I'm sitting in my living room on the sofa watching TV. And I realize, like I'm thinking to myself that I'm not getting any better. I don't feel any better. And really I feel worse. And I couldn't figure out why. And I wasn't watching anything that triggered any type of sad emotions or anything like that. So I just couldn't figure out why. And I love God because he just works in mysterious ways to me. And it was in that moment when I had that thought, he, it was like he flashed, I had a flashback in my head of that conversation with my friend, but only that part where she said, P, you're going to have to forgive him. You're forgiving him for you. It, it ain't got nothing to do with him. Pray about it. So when I recall that, I feel like things happen for a reason. And so I was like, okay, God, what are you trying to tell me? So I go into my bedroom. I pick up my Bible off the nightstand. And something I would do anytime I needed a answer to something or I needed clarity about a matter, I would always hold my Bible in my hand closed, close my eyes, say my prayer to God, say in Jesus name, amen. And before I open my eyes, I would open my Bible and it never failed, you guys. It always landed on a scripture that very specifically answered me. And it was so, it, to me, it was just I can't explain like my eyes. I didn't even have to search the pages like my eyes would go directly to the scripture. So this is what I did. So I grab my Bible. I'm sitting at the edge of my bed. I close my eyes. I take a deep breath in because I'm feeling some type of way. And I say, Father, you know everything this man has done to me. And if you want me to forgive him, you are going to have to give me a clear sign. In Jesus' name, amen. I open my Bible, I open my eyes, and it landed on the scripture that we opened up with at Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 and 15. And I'm going to tell you, I wasn't always receptive to the answers God gave me. I didn't always like the answers, nor was I always obedient, okay? I learned a hard way plenty of times. I would be like, yeah, okay, I'm gonna try it like this and, and see if you'll get on board with this. But that's not, that's not how that works. And so when I read that scripture, 
I started looking up because that's I don't know about you, but that's what I do. I started looking up like, okay, God. And so I said, I was like, why should I forgive him? What does that have to do with you forgiving me? And the biggest thing is he don't deserve it. He does. This man does not deserve it. Now, at that time that I was going through all of this, my understanding of forgiveness was so different than what it is now. I did not believe everyone was deserving of forgiveness. I did not believe that certain types of offenses were deserving of forgiveness. I also that thought that the offender had to show signs of remorse to me for me to forgive them. And I just, I really felt like ultimate forgiveness was a God and man thing. Like, okay, God, that's cool. That's what you want to do because I'm not in the same position as you and your ways are not like my ways. And so this scripture didn't make sense to me because I truly believed that because God understood my feelings and my emotions that he was in support of my feelings. So I, I felt justified in how I felt. And I definitely did not feel like certain scriptures applied to me and my circumstance will apply to certain circumstances of mine. But I was going to find out differently later. So what I did is I, I was like, okay, because my thing is, you can't just give me an answer. I need to know why. So I'm talking to him some more and I'm doing additional research and he leads me to this scripture at Ephesians chapter four, verse 31 through 32. And it says, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Let me tell you, this scripture really hit home for me because I realized after reading this scripture, what was hap happening to me, why I wasn't getting any better. And what was going on is I was venting to my friend to simply be heard, to have my feelings co-signed on, to feel validated and justified in the way that I felt. I was not venting to her with forgiveness in mind. And what I have come to learn is that there are several aspects to healing. I'm not going to go through all of them, but two of them, one is venting and the biggest aspect to forgiveness, I mean, to healing is forgiveness. And so I realized that because I was venting without forgiveness in mind, all of those emotions that I had were growing and intensifying. So my bitterness was like growing and growing. My anger was growing. Um, my resentment towards him, my discontent towards him, even my hatred. Yes, I hated this man. Like I went through a year of this where I was like, I can't stand this man. And so, and it, it was intensifying because like I said, I was not, I, I wasn't going to forgive him. That, that wasn't an option. And so 
when I read the scripture, it let me know that the only way for those emotions, the bitterness, the wrath, the anger, and all that stuff, the malice and the resentment to go away is I have to forgive him. I have to forgive him. And so something else I didn't see then is my friend joking with me was to help me calm those emotions down. And it was also to help me to look on the brighter side of things and to start moving forward and work towards forgiveness because she could see what I couldn't see at the time. And, and thank God for good friends, right? Because she didn't continue to allow me to go down this harmful path, she could see that is that this path was definitely influencing me in a very harmful and negative way. And so, yeah, she let me have my time to get it out. But as a loving friend, truthfully, but with comp compassion, because she's been through a lot herself, she she let me know I have to work towards forgiving him. And I understood after reading the scripture why it was the only way. I was going to heal, to begin healing, okay? It's so interesting when I think about it because I'm sure you can relate if you have been in a very um, emotionally impactful, hurtful situation. When you hold on to the pain, you're the one who suffers the most. All right, because you're the one that's tossing and turning at night. You're the one that your thoughts are just running rampant. You're the one with tears flowing out of your eyes. You're the one with your chest and your heart aching. You're the one that um, is isolating yourself because you can't get up the strength to be around people or to run certain errands. You're the one that has a loss of appetite. You are the one who suffers the most. A lot of those people, most of those people who have hurt us have gone on with their lives and have not given what they did to us a second thought. All right. They sleep very good at night. And so it truly shows that if you don't work on healing yourself, on freeing yourself from that pain, reclaiming your joy, reclaim, reclaiming your peace, it takes, that pain will take control over your life, will have an influence over your action and your behaviors and your relationships with people and just normal everyday tasks. It, it really does take over your life it impacts your life in a negative and harmful way. So to begin a life free from pain, you are going to have to take the focus off of the experience. And we'll get into how. But to solidify my point about pain, negatively impacting your life. And this is why I said, I said this on my previous episode that pain is poison. It really is. It is poison. But this is what research shows. Research shows that 
by not forgiving you can bring anger and bitterness into new relationships and experiences become so wrapped up in the wrong that you can't enjoy the present become depressed irritable or anxious feel at odds with your spiritual beliefs lose valuable and enriching connections with others and i have experienced all five of these things i'm sure you have experienced some of these things if not all of them so this is this is true this is true the only cure to pain or antidote to pain is forgiveness all right now we're going to get into seven ways to move towards a state of forgiveness. So again, this is a coaching podcast. I give a lot of tips and um, guidance with the topic that I am discussing. So get out a pen and pad and, you know, get ready to take some notes. Okay. But depending on what was done to you or your experience you choose what you think applies to you because some of these things may be difficult for you to do or may not apply to your experience okay so you use your own discretion in the matter all right so number one acknowledge your emotions about the pain the experience caused you feel what you feel i say this over and over again because so many people suppress their emotions i have done that as well but you emotions alert us to what is going on with us and it's good to know what's going on with us so that way we can start working on um fixing what's going on with us or mending what's going on with us addressing it so feel what you feel acknowledge how you feel but don't stay there don't stay there and think about how these emotions are affecting your mindset your behavior and work on focusing on getting better instead of focusing on what happened to you all right number two recognize that what the offender did to you has nothing to do with you but everything to do with them and i cannot emphasize this enough because i have met so many people that felt like they did something or were made to feel like by somebody else that they did something um I'll share a quick experience with you guys. When my father had passed, there was a family member that was um, trying to um, get everything, the assets that my father had left behind. And I saw what was going on and some of the games that this this family member was playing the trickery in it all and so i said something to them about it but i did not use vulgarity with them i didn't cuss them out i didn't even raise my voice i was i made sure to take a breather pray about it approach them very calmly what it was i just simply spoke the truth and spoke what i recognized and spoke what i knew that this family member was trying to do 
All right, so this family member blows up on me, calls me every name under the sun, but a child of God. You hear me? Then while they're cussing me out and calling me all these these vulgar names, they're also doing like real vulgar, nasty body gestures, like grabbing themselves and telling me to eat this and and suck this and you know all this stuff. And I was like, man. And so I kept myself grounded. But because of the relationship between me and this family member, it was so hurtful. So I walked away. I called another family member that I felt like I could trust about this and vent to, right? And this fa- after I get it out and I say, every, I say my part as well, this family member says, well, what did you do? And... I was hurt. I was so hurt. I, and for a moment, I did question whether or not I had did something, you know, even, and I had to really pull myself together and get my thoughts back in check. Cause I was like, no, you didn't do anything to cause this. And so this is what I want to emphasize to you you didn't do anything to cause what happened to you. And I want to share the scripture with you. It's Proverbs 27, verse 19. It says, as in water, face reflects face. So a man's heart reveals the man. I love this scripture. All right. What this scripture is highlighting is, is that a person's actions reveals what's in their heart. It doesn't reveal what's in your heart. It reveals what's in their heart. So what they did to you has nothing to do with you. It was what was in their heart. The heart is the conduit for a person's actions. It is. And I'm not talking about, you know, the type of offenses where, you're in traffic and you go off on somebody for cutting you off and then they flip you off. Okay. We have this saying in our family, fair exchange ain't no robbery when it comes to stuff like that. But I'm talking about very vile, very evil, very wicked acts of offenses towards you. All right. I, there is nothing that you can do that can warrant those type of offenses. There is nothing you can do that can warrant that. You didn't cause that. And I really want you to know that, okay? All right. Number three, again, depending on what the offense was, practice empathy. Can you try seeing the situation from the other person's point of view? Maybe they were having an off day, something was going on with them. Is this person an overall good person? Did they just make a really bad mistake? Can you show them some grace and allow them to work on building trust back up with you and show them some forgiveness? Okay. All right. Number four, and this goes along with practicing empathy, reflect on the times when others have forgiven you. I know that has helped me as well. Look, we've all done stuff to offend people, hurt hurt people. 
you know, we've done it, whether it was intentional or unintentional. So, you know, I know there have been plenty of times where people have showed me grace, and I'm sure there have been plenty of times where people have shown you grace. So can you, um, depending on what the offense was, can you show the person a bit of um, grace? Can you pay it forward, the same grace that was given to you? All right. Number five, I love this one. I know I have said this several times, but it works, y'all. Write in a journal. Write in a journal how you feel. Get out how you feel and see if there is a pattern because you 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 have to pay attention to how these emotions are affecting you and and then you're able to get to how to address it right and so i just love i have several journals i have a journal for business when i'm writing out my creativity and my thoughts i have a prayer journal because sometimes when i'm actually in a formal prayer with god i lose my thoughts a lot of times especially when those emotions start to well you know overwhelm me and stuff i i lose my train of thought so i love writing in my prayer journal so it it allows me to take my time and get out everything i wanted to say to him i have another journal where i um i write out different things that i learned from when i read the bible and then i just have a regular personal journal where i just write random things just really random things i had a great day today today was awesome i loved spending time with my daughter today we did x y and x y and z so what i'm saying is all of my journals have a different theme but it works it works okay so write in a journal pray your works pray to god about it and this next one i love talk with a person whom you can trust that will be lovingly honest with you lovingly honest with you who is compassionate but also wise and the key is someone you can trust i know it it's um it can be difficult finding those type of people but try to find someone and some of these people um are a spiritual leader, a counselor, a mental health provider, or just an impartial loved one or friend. But you definitely want to speak to someone who is not going to co-sign on your feelings because it's, it's something that I call toxic comfort. And that's when someone who is not as um, emotionally sound or maybe emotionally broken as well. And they're listening to you, but they're cold. They're like, oh yeah, I wouldn't put up with this. And yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, they don't deserve this. And no, you, you're right in how you feel. That's not helpful. You want to speak someone who is sound and mature emotionally that can give you positive, loving, truthful feedback, because that's the only way you're going to get better. And that will notice if you're, emotions are causing you to go down a harmful path that will you know influence your life and influence your behavior and your relationships in a negative and harmful way okay all right now the sixth way is show yourself grace 
the process or the journey to forgiving is not easy. You're going to have some high highs and you're going to have some low lows because there's going to be times where you feel like you're you're moving along with ease and you're getting past something. And then um, you watch something on TV or you hear a song or someone says or does something to you and it triggers those familiar emotions from that hurtful experience. And so then what happens is you're going to have to start or revisit forgiveness again in regards to the experience or the person who has, uh, you know, hurt you. And so it's an ongoing process. Don't get frustrated about it. Be gentle and kind to yourself about it and know that um, it is a process. It is a process and show yourself grace show yourself grace in all of it. All right, number seven, recognize what forgiveness is for and how it can improve your life. All right, just hear me out on this, you guys, okay? Getting another person to change, to be remorseful, to acknowledge what they did to you are not the purpose or the basis of forgiveness. Whether the offender deserves your forgiveness or not, is not the determining factor to forgiveness. The determining factor to forgiveness is your intentional choice to heal, to reclaim your peace, to take your power back over your life and your happiness, to not let the emotions that you were left with after this experience, those painful emotions to have control over you, your decisions, your life, your relationships, your behavior, your personality traits you're reclaiming your power. It's about focusing on what you can control and becoming whole again. Becoming whole again and mending what is broken. And this is what forgiveness does, you guys. Forgiveness takes away the power the other person has had over your life by causing you pain that has altered your happiness, that has altered your trust, that has altered your behaviors and your personality traits. It's reclaim, it's, it truly is reclaiming your power back. You're reclaiming what the enemy tried to steal from you by that hurtful experience that you went through. You're reclaiming it. And the best thing about forgiveness is this. When people see you walking around, feeling good, doing good, despite of and, and, and living your best life, despite of what has happened to you, that is powerful. That is powerful, 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 because that sends the message that you are a survivor. You are a conqueror. And that you, you won't be stopped. You won't be stopped. You are not going to stay in that state of pain. You are not going to focus on what that experience has done to you. You are going to move forward in a positive direction by giving focus on how you can move past this and start living a happy and fulfilled and peaceful life. There is so much power in that. That's a powerful testimony. Okay. All right. Now, 
The scripture I quoted earlier at Proverbs 27, verse 19, and I'll just go over it again, as in water face reflects face, so a man's heart reveals the man. It can also be applied to you. And that's why I love this scripture, because this is what I mean. Let what's in your heart reveal a healed woman. Let your reflection show a woman who is healed from her emotional wounds. So go to God and ask him to make you forgive. Because it's something that my mom used to say. She used to say, God can't help you do something you haven't even started yet. You got to ask him to make you. And even me, when I was going through this with God, by the time I got to the end and I was like, okay, I'm going to be obedient. I told him, I said, you're going to have to make me because I don't like this man. So ask God to make you and to comfort you during your process of forgiving and moving past the experience. And ask God to make your path clear. And he will. He will. He'll make the journey to forgiveness more at ease. Okay? All right. Now, in regards to God forgiving us, if we forgive others, I did not forget that part, okay? And that was a bitter pill for me to swallow. And this is the only thing, what I'm getting ready to share with you is the only thing I could really um, make sense of. And it still is the only thing that I could really make sense of in regards to this. And it's this, God knows firsthand what it's like to be hurt. He was the first being to be hurt. He was betrayed by Adam and Eve and Satan. It was the ultimate betrayal. So God is very familiar with pain, with betrayal. Um, he's very familiar with emotions. And remember in Genesis, it says that we are made in the likeness and image of God. So, yes, God can relate to your emotions. But what has helped me to forgive is thinking about how forgiving God is. Because we disobey, we betray, we disappoint, and we hurt God all the time. But despite of that, God lovingly chooses to forgive us. And it's a continuous forgiveness in motion because he sacrificed his only begotten son so that way we could be forgiven of our sins that is the that is the ultimate display of forgiveness and love for us now god's forgiveness is based on repentance all right but some of these people, you may never know if they change. You may never know if they are remorseful, if they are sorry for what they did, or if they even repented for they, what they did. We'll never know it. God is the only one who knows these things, and he is the only one who can read the hearts of man. 
And he is also the only one who can judge and he has the final say. He has the final say. And this is what I realized about God being the ultimate example of forgiveness is this. He knows that there is a real deal spiritual warfare out here, all right? And many of you know it as well. So you're picking up what I'm putting down. Just like there are many of us who are influenced by God, there are also many of us who are influenced by the enemy. All right? Now, this is going to highlight how forgiving God is. And I don't have nothing to say on it once I read this to you guys, okay? It was something that was hard for me to digest because I know people who have had some very heinous, wicked things done to them. And I have had some very painful, traumatic experiences. And I'm sure you have as well. But it's, it's Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 21 through 23. It says, but if a wicked man turns from all his sins, which he has committed, keeps all my statutes and does what is lawful and right, he shall surely live. He, will, he shall not die. None of the transgressions which he has committed shall be remembered against him because of the righteousness which he has done. He shall live. Do I have any pleasure at all that the wicked should die, says the Lord God, and not that he should turn from his ways and live? Now go and watch this video that shows the ultimate, in my opinion, act of, of forgiveness being displayed in real life. The link is in my description. <laughs> 